They say we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So why is it that some people can do more than others? Well, listen in and we'll tell you. It's okay, this podcast does not contain the word hustle and is a hustle-free zone. Five, four, three, two, one, liftoff. Two women, one mission, to break through the BS of business, money and mindset. So you can live the life you desire and deserve sooner. Join Colleen Longdon and Ray Brent as they keep breaking through the BS. Buckle up and hold on to your aura. Enjoy the ride. G'day listeners, this is Pauline Longdon and Ray Brent and you're listening to Breaking Breaking Through Through the BS. Welcome back. Uh, We had some feedback recently that said that People can't really tell the difference between our voices, Ray? Yeah, I find that very difficult to uh, actually believe. I think you sound the same as me. I think you're white, single white fem- femaleing me. I don't think so. You don't sound like a drag queen, is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm <laughs> saying. Alrighty, well, anyway, so the person that's talking right now is Pauline, and now... It's Ray. And Ray doesn't say much, so if most of the p- person talking... It's always me, so, uh, but Ray's always got a knack of she doesn't say much, but what she says is deeply profound and earth shattering. So, ah, uh, she used to do it to me when we were like woo woo teachers, didn't you, Ray? I'd be talking for like three days, you'd come in for half an hour, say a couple of words, and leave and drop a bomb, and everyone would just go, Wow, Ray is just so clever, and I'm thinking, What am I like? Chopped liver. Chopped liver. I've been talking for three days, sharing my heart and my soul, and Ray comes out and just goes, blah, blah, and everyone is just like, what? Anyway, Ray, we've got a... They're only human. I know, they're only human. Anyway, so we've got a really good topic this week, haven't we? We do, Pauline, absolutely. We're talking about time optimization, and... Because, as you well know, I'm not a subscriber to the whole time management. Definitely not. Not not that. No. There are certain things you can manage, and I hate to say it, but time is not one of them. No, it's not. And why? Why can't you manage time? Because unless you go extremely woo-woo, time is... <laughs> <laughs> time cannot be changed. That's exactly right, and... Time happens whether you're ready or not. And as we see from day to day, like... What's what's the saying? Time marches on? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So whether you're ready or not, or whether you want it to or not, time happens. It's kind of like shit. Or do we have to put a thing on our thing now? On our podcast because I said shit? Probably. (laughs) Maybe now because you said it twice. Maybe an E, but um, yeah, because I accidentally said it. But anyway, so time happens as well as the the brown fecal stuff. So anyway. The the brown emoji. Yeah, the brown emoji. So what we're going to talk about today is that, you know, I'm not sharing any great amazing knowledge by saying that time happens whether you ready or not so what we want to talk about is that 
instead of managing time or trying to like because we've all got the same 24 hours in the day and I think it's quite arrogant when people say well I'm able to fit in this much into my 24 hours what are you doing what are you wasting and it's like it's all about priorities and what you want to do with that time but other people they just don't know maybe how to invest their time and also time because you and I are very big on the power of words aren't we Ray? We are so indeed. So we don't talk about spending time we actually talk about investing time. That was Ray by the way that was her voice that's what she sounds like so we talk about investing time don't we? Yes Pauline. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um but why would you invest time instead of spending time? Well because it's a resource isn't it? It's a resource and you also want to get a return on your investment exactly so but whenever you spend time it's almost like you don't expect to get anything back from that yeah it's, it's like a, a lost commodity cause. yeah and it's a lost cause whereas if you invest your time then you're hopeful that you'll get something out of what you've done and that's not to say that it's conditional the way you invest your time it's just that you're being more discerning with and a finite resource so you're actually respecting yourself more when you invest time so that comes under the banner for us of time optimization rather than time management because if you're doing time management and you're spending time then you're fighting a lost cause it's like trying to hold back the tide you know standing at the beach and like holding your arm out and going no stop waves the waves are still going to come rolling on in and you know some of them are big dumpers you're going to get swamped so that's what we're talking about when we talk about time optimization but we actually um talk about uh using your time effectively and ray you've got a new word haven't you i have i've created a new word lucky i'm a copywriter yeah exactly (laughs) that's what we do we make up words um yeah my new word for for this month is effectivity so effectivity tell us what that means well if we just step back a, a, a couple of steps um and people um you usually hear people talk about um being stop being busy with your time and be more productive with your time yeah yeah so that's the the first step of um when you start to invest your time you Instead of just being busy running around putting out spot fires and looking busy like, oh, I'm doing stuff because I'm always on the go, the next step is to be productive with your time. So um, that's where you start to actually um, set yourself outcomes and actually achieve outcomes Mm. because you're being productive and focused with what you're doing. And then the next step is being effective with that use of time. Yeah, because you can be if you can be productive, but not effective because you're doing the wrong things. Exactly right. So no, that makes sense. Okay. So effectivity. Effectivity is um, the effective use of your productivity. Ah, that's a good discernment. Because um, see, you can be productive and have productivity but you can't be effective and have effectivity 
until right. now. Yeah, until now, now that you've invented it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I expect to see that in a book sometime, Ray, so that you can, like, you know, own that as, as your author, you know, um, intelligence. So excellent. So I guess thinking about your effectivity and time optimization, there's a really great example. And we saw it on Facebook recently, Facebook is like the oracle of all things. It's like the new Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like Facebook, I need to know something about this and then all of a sudden, automatically, it just turns up. So there's a really good story. Um, it's sort of like a, an urban myth. But um, but it, urban it, myths it, always it, teach you a good lesson anyway, yeah. so we're not going to poo on them because they're, they're actually quite, you know, they're like the modern-day fable or modern day you know like the Aesop's tales you yeah. know so th- there is a very good learning you know, or lesson in there so what's the story you wanted to share it's, it's well pretty the, cool. the, the story is um, of a, a professor in school and he's got the class in front of him and in front of him on the table he's got uh, an empty beaker a couple of large rocks um, a handful of smaller pebbles and a cup full of sand mm-hmm. and basically um, asks the class how how we can fit all of that into the the jar mm-hmm. and the kids um, basically say well start with the sand and then put the pebbles and then put the rocks mm-hmm. so he, he basically goes through that scenario and doesn't really fit too much into the jar yeah so he empties everything out and starts again and says well actually here's the deal if i actually put the rocks in first yeah then i put the pebbles in around that and Mm -hmm. let them filter down and then i put the sand in everything actually fills in all right and then there's actually even more room to put water in well i wouldn't put water in i put beer because then that would be more fun Actually, rum would be more fun for me because, you know, it just is. But It'd be um, a bit sandy, though. Oh, it doesn't matter, you know. Like, you know, that that's my life, you gritty could, and sandy. You could pretend you're a, <laughs> a, <laughs> on a pirate beach. on a beach. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> kind, of, that's kind of the imagery I, I get. But anyway, peg, log, peg leg Pauline. Uh, Captain Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like that story, Ray, because it, it, the order of things matters, doesn't it? It does. It It's the priority of things yeah which is the order yeah um i actually um explained this to someone a little while ago and i got shot back oh i'm not talking about oh, <laughs> lost it i'm not talking about time management mm-hmm. i'm talking about other things that are important to me i said see that's where you've lost the point mm. The point is that the big boulders or the big rocks are the things that are the most important to you in your life that you want to have in your life, in your day-to-day. So that they should be like your non-negotiables, you know. They're the, they're the things that, you know, are constant in your life or the things that really matter to you. Exactly. That's like you need them in your life. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can't live without them. So they're in there first and they're priority number one okay yeah and then the pebbles come in as the the things that you're interested in or you want to explore you want to learn you want to grow so sort of like maybe sort of like study or Mm -hmm. um, friendships and yeah and things like that and then the the sand basically 
um, is everything else external to you that sort of like fills in the space. Yeah, kind of like Facebook and social media and other things that we let other, in. Other emergencies, um, family emergencies, like outside the immediate family. Yeah, yeah. Kids have school rings up or work mm. rings up or outside hours, so, whatever. But they really do fill up the space, don't they? So they do. looking at them that way instead of them being the main attraction, like the students putting the sand in the beaker or the, the jar first, they were actually suffocating their life and not allowing enough room for the important things. Ne- never had time for the important things. Right. The so-called important things because they were never given the higher priority. Exactly. Right. So this is a good sort of parable for the way a lot of people run their life and then they complain at the end of the day that they don't have enough time in the day yeah but it's not and so they go on about time management i have to manage my time better but they don't they have to optimize in their time better by using their time wisely yeah and, and putting priority on what's really important to them and to be able to do that you actually need a bit of contemplation time yeah to sit there and work out what really is important to you instead of what other people think and say is important to you or what should be important to you well that word should you know you shouldn't should all over the place it gets messy absolutely yeah i hate that word and that was one of the words that um dropping that out of my vocabulary actually helped me to get out of depression because it took that self-judgment away from me because i used to sit there like you know, all day, and this is again time optimization. I'd sit there all day, and I'd just be staring at the cat sitting there licking a bits, and I'd be sitting there thinking, "Oh man, I should be doing this, or I should be doing that." The fact of the matter was, I was so apathetic with life, I couldn't get off the couch. So, yeah. and it wasn't pretty pretty to watch either. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. I was like merging and melting into the couch, <laughs> but um. Yeah, but I mean, the whole judgment of should makes, you know, like an urgency. It's a, it's a false urgency. And it's usually an outward-based validation because what you're saying should is like a a chore that other people are putting on you. Because yeah, it's why pressure. Yeah, it's like... That other people, or you're allowing other people to exactly. put on you. Because most of the time, it's not other people saying it or putting it on you it's your perception of what other people are saying you should be doing yeah and even if they do say it to you though it's what you're allowing in as an as a contract or an agreement with that other person so that's really interesting and this comes back to the rocks it's like for me those other outward commitments that i've got to other people are the pebbles like I've got those bigger rocks in my family, my my very good friends. I've got a circle of friends that I would do anything for. And then there's, of course, myself. Make sure one of those big rocks is you because what happens is a lot of people will put everything else in that jar except for themselves. Where where are they? Sitting on the outside <laughs> going, being deflated. Oh, my God, my life is just so hectic. It's not your life. Everything else other than you is in that jar and you're on the outside of it that's not your life for that to be your life you have to be in that jar absolutely and you have to be in that jar first because as we all know and we've probably all flown in an aircraft sometime or if not we're very familiar with this very cliched comment but 
put your face mask on first. Exactly, before you try to help anyone else. And why is that? Well, because I did aeromedical evacuations and I know all the, the dynamics of it is that if you don't look after yourself first, by the time you actually try to get to someone else and then get back to put your own oxygen mask on, you are dead. You have you are suffering from hypoxia because you're at pressure and the crap is hitting the fan. You've got no time to think about that. And that is exactly what life is all about. You need to put your own oxygen mask on so that you keep the oxygen in your brain so you work as a human being. Can I, can I just throw in a joke? Yeah, go on. <laughs> well, not really, but it's like it's the uh, the hyper and the hypo. Oh, yeah, righto. <laughs> Getting it wrong. It's like, yeah, well, so were they suffering from hypo... Hypoxia or, or hyperoxia. <laughs> so hypo is low and hyper is high. And, uh, yeah, you, you got me. That's one of my little peeves is whenever I watch um, TV and the newsreader says that someone who's stuck in the snow or out in the ocean for 12 hours came in and they've got hypo- uh, hyper hyperthermia. It's like, geez, that snow must have been really hot because, like, you know... How could they do that? But anyway, so that's just one of my pet peeves. But <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, that's all right. You took me back to my nursing days. Sister. <laughs> Don't hit me with that veil. Yeah, exactly. I used to wear a veil too. Oh, my goodness. The memories. I'm going to have to have some counselling after this show. But uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, but as, as you illustrated, Gray, words matter. And also by what we're saying about the story and the oxygen mask and things like that, we matter. Like, because if there's no us, there's no them. Like, if we are not here, if we are not doing what we do from our day-to-day, you know, life or on a day-to-day basis. Everyone else's life goes on. Exactly. Like, when we were in the army, they used to say that no one is indispensable. Bullcrap. They could replace someone. It wouldn't be immediate. But they always had a replacement for the replacement for the replacement. It's like a Pez machine. You know, they've got people. And that's the thing. People have got other people in their life that can step up and step in. And, like, Facebook's like evidence of that. You can unfriend an idiot and then get an instant idiot right in there. Like, just answer another, like, let another friend into your circle. Like, they're everywhere. People will replace people. So... The only person that is indispensable in your life is you. you. So remember that. So the key here is to make you number one priority because unless you're working or performing at your best, you're not allowing your best to be shared with others. Yeah, and when you are your best in life and you show up as your best self... You empower others around you to step up. It's their best as well. It's kind of like that like attracts like kind of woo-woo metaphysical stuff. But I've seen it way too many times to work that way to to then say that it doesn't work or that it's woo-woo and just discount it as being, you know, like out there. Well, I, I live most of my life out there because it's pretty damn cool. So... How do we optimize our time? Well, when I mentor a lot of the copywriters, because I'm pretty busy, but anyway, so I mentor a lot of copywriters, and I I say to them, like, how much time do you spend each day on learning the craft of copywriting? Like, you want to be good. Like, so think about a kid that wants to be 
um, a piano player or a violinist, you know, like in some great big symphony or, you know, like they want to play Carnegie Hall or somewhere really auspicious, right? What does that kid do? Practice, practice, practice. Practice, practice, practice. They're doing scales. They're playing their instrument for hours a day. Reading music. Yep. Yet people will start a new career such as copywriting, want to be a six-figure or a seven-figure copywriter, and what are they doing to be that? Nothing. Half of them aren't even reading books of, like, the masters and the people that have gone before us. That'd be like saying you want to play the piano and then just listening to piano, like, and going, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning how to play the piano. Well, that doesn't work. You have to actually sit at the instrument and play scales and yes they're freaking boring but that's how you learn so unless you're born out of the womb you know like with piano idiot. fingers and all Is that sort of idiot stuff savant? yeah being an idiot, idiot savant or some sort of like child prodigy but anyway um but for the most part we aren't that so we need to practice so i ask these people why aren't you practicing your craft why aren't you reading like you know it would be good if you could read an hour a day read one of the classics you know like scientific advertising or tested advertising or you know any of these books you know how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie great book you know for anyone whether you're a copywriter or not but um so i say to them you know are you reading an hour a day i don't have time they reply and then I say, well, I'm sure then you haven't got time to sit there and write out copy by hand because I'm actually an advocate for that. There are so many people who say that is a huge waste of time. But in, a, in future shows, I'm going to give some copy tips because I'm, I'm, I'm aware that not everyone that listens to this show is, an, is a copywriter. So I don't want to bog it down with too many copy tips, but I'll definitely do that in a future episode where we just have it on copywriting skills and that. But... I like to sit there and write out winning controls, winning copy by hand because it's kind of like a, a, a waking meditation. It's a way for me just to chill down um, and feed my brain full of really good stuff. But for me, it's kind of like a time optimization because I'm doing a couple of things at once. And there's a little bit of uh, discernment that comes into that too because mm-hmm. you said that you're writing out winning controls. You're not writing out crap copy. Oh, no. Because what you practice is what you produce. Perfect. Yeah. But, yeah, what you practice, you do produce. So if you're practicing bad copy, you'll produce bad copy. If you're practicing good copy, you're producing good copy, which is, you know, what we want to do. Same thing with everything that you want to practice. So then I say to the I say to the, um, the people that I'm, I'm mentoring, I say, well you watch tv and they go you can almost like hear their eyes roll over the phone or over skype or whatever the media is and um i say before you get upset i'm not saying not to watch tv watch tv but put it through this filter i say it's like the three e's easy to remember so it's three e's is it educating you is it entertaining you or is it for escape So if you're watching TV and you're being educated or you're being entertained, happy days, like keep watching it. I'm not going to be... When I sit there in my little glass Taj Mahal, which is a huge house, (laughs) and I'm, I'm not going to be throwing stones, right? I watch TV. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I do enjoy certain shows. But I've run it through this criteria. If I'm watching TV, is it educating me? Is it entertaining me? Or am I sitting there 
escaping from something else that I ought to be doing, not should, I ought to be doing, because I know that there are certain things I need to do to get to where I want to be as a copywriter, and is watching TV helping me or hindering me? So that's the way I actually use that as a filter in my life. I got my mentees to start doing this, and you would be surprised how many hours a month, oh, sorry, how many hours a week and then a month that they could actually then dedicate to their craft of learning to be a great copywriter. And lo and behold, what happens when they do more study and apply themselves for more time from this time optimization perspective to the craft, what happens to their... When they're being more effective with their effectivity. Exactly. Their effectivity goes up and so does their performance. Their and earning power. And their earning capacity because they're getting better at their skill. And like that is what is... It takes you from being a commodity into a league of your own when you are producing great results for your clients because that is, that's what business is about. Business is about solving a problem that someone's got and giving them the results that they want and that is what copywriting does we magically and masterfully use words to give our clients the results that they want absolutely and that's all it that's all it comes down to so time optimization i think is i don't i, I don't think a lot of people have ever thought about time in that way Instead, they're stuck in that time management thing. And I know that when I was a nurse, I was taught a lot of time management skills. Well, you need to. Like when, because I was a trauma nurse, I was um, working in ICU. If, if you've ever walked into an ICU or seen a picture, you know, basically a, a patient in an ICU has, if there's a hole in their body, there's a tube in it. And, yep. <laughs> yeah. and then sometimes if there's not a hole there, they'll make one as well. So, you know, it, it's tragic and it's... It's just an overwhelm. But what you do is you've only got so many hours, you've only got so much time to do certain things, so you tend to optimise your time, not manage it. You know, you break your day into smaller chunks. You make sure that everything that you're doing for the patient matters. Yeah, and you're getting the things that are the most important done first. Exactly, your big rocks. You do your big rocks first, and then you do your little pebbles, and then you do the sand. That whole thing applies to life. That's so cool. So anyway, I hope our little discussion on time optimization helped today because I know that when I mentor people, that's one of the things that they just sit there and they just go, I've never thought of time that way. And that's one of the reasons we started this podcast is because we just want to share some, some of our tips and little things that we've We've kind of created, we use, or we've, we've just adapted, whatever. We just, you know, we, sometimes we don't know where they come from. They just like, maybe it's just a collection of all of the information that we've collected over the years, and we've just like boiled it down into one usable essence that, you know, has made a huge difference in our life, and hopefully it'll be able to make a difference in your life too. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, thanks, Ray. That was really great chat, and thank you for your rock pebbles and sand um, analogy that was very useful and if our listeners has anything to say about this we'd love for you to uh, comment 
on our website, breakingthroughthebs.com, underneath this episode, yeah, or even in the Facebook group. Alrighty, well, thank you very much. Yeah, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Okay, bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Come on over to breakingthroughthebs.com. That's breakingthroughthebs.com. And that's where you'll find all the episodes, all the transcribes, and all of the show notes. And remember, if you like the show, subscribe and leave a review. And let all your friends know about Breaking Through the BS. We'll catch you at the next show. Bye for now.